0: Welcome to the Community of Hope Church Podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. You're going to have to give me a second because I don't know if I can preach after that. My My goodness. My first encounter with Curtis was actually at Palm Beach Atlantic. I did admissions there for a couple years. And I remember hearing his voice on the phone. And if, you, if you've ever met Curtis personally, there's a, there's a, a certain grace to him. When he, when he, just in the way that he talks, you would never, ever in your wildest dreams imagine where he came from. But that just proves all the more, this is real, guys. Jesus is real. And he has the power to change your life, no matter what you're experiencing today. And so, if you see Curtis, Curtis is actually our full-time East Maintenance Facilities person, but he's also our Recovery Pastor at Community of Hope. Isn't that amazing? And so, yeah. I think today might be his Sunday rotation off if... I think so, but next week he'll be here. Uh, he's the recovery pastor at Community of Hope, and he uh, is currently, right now we're just, we're doing Celebrate Recovery on the, the Loxahatchee campus, but he's in, in conversation with Pastor Dale, his wife Sarah. We're we're doing this all over Community of Hope. This is a plan to expand and to minister to people that came from his, for like with addictions and all this stuff. Um, to show the message of Jesus Christ and the love that he has for them to change their lives as well, just like Jesus changed his. So that's some amazing stuff going on here at Community of Hope. So if you see Curtis, give him a hug, love on him. I'm sure he's really going to appreciate that. So, but anyways, we've got a jam-packed day today. We're jumping right in. For those of you that came in a little bit late, my name is Jose, I'm the campus pastor here at Community of Hope, West Palm Beach, and I am just delighted to share God's Word with you, uh, this Morning. Uh, one thing that I need to mention is that Be The Match that we announced last week, they are outside today. Uh, they just got here. They're doing some mouth swabs. There's a young girl named Noemi in our Loxahatchee community who needs a donor. If you want to see if you're a potential donor for her, it's a simple mouth swab. There's uh, Carlos Wesley. Their main rep is outside if you want to know more about that. Okay. So, But today, grab your notes, grab your COH app, uh, whatever you take notes on, your Bible. We're going to dive right into our new sermon series today, I Am Community of Hope. And so, as I'm sure you've noticed, it's been been really hot this August. I actually compared my bill from last year. It's like about $10 more expensive on my electric bill. It's incredible. I don't know what's going on, but I mean, South Florida is always hot, but it seems even hotter this year. And so when I got home on Monday uh, this past week, my house was at 80 degrees, and it was just, it was just horrendous. It was muggy, right? It was musty. You know? Man, it's so hot. I checked, put the air down, and nothing is working, and I'm like, oh, no, it's like 30, 8 o'clock. You know, most companies are winding down or are wound down for the day, and I have a pregnant wife at home. I am not going to go a night with no AC and a pregnant wife. no, That's not gonna happen at my house. So I started calling numbers, and long story short, I got a, a really nice gentleman to come out, and uh, turns out I needed a new AC con- condenser. Uh, the outside unit was leaking refrigerant. And as he's fixing this leak, and I mean, it, of course, you know, you have to replace the whole thing, I started thinking about how sometimes vision leaks from within organizations. And it has the same effect. And so these vision leaks, sometimes it's dangerous when you, when you think about this. As vision begins to leak from within an organization, people are no longer focused on the mission and the purpose, and especially in the church. I want you to think about that for a second. And as vision leaks from within a church, we can just be churning and, and doing and, and volunteering and doing all this stuff, but all you're pushing is, is hot air into the house, All you're doing is pushing hot air. It's important for any organization, but for especially the church, capital C church, to keep the mission before us. And this is what our new sermon series this month is all about. I am community of hope. You are community of hope. We are community of hope, each and every one of us. And so in case you you didn't know, Jesus actually gave us a mission statement before he ascended into heaven. It's found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. If you want to pull out your Bibles, let's read it together as we dive right in. And so this is at the end of Jesus' ministry, before he ascends, and we read later about his ascension in the book of Acts. This is the charge that he gives to his disciples when he's no longer going to physically be there with them. So would you read with me uh, from verses 16 through 20? It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But notice what it says. Some doubted. Lord, as your servant Samuel spoke, when you are calling him, we say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Lord, would you speak to us today? Would you show us who you are? Would you show us the areas of our lives, Lord, that don't please you? Would you help us to change? Would we love you more as we walk out this room this morning? We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. So frankly, at Community of Hope, we take what scholars call the Great Commission, this, this passage that we just read, the Great Commission, we take it very seriously. And so much so that COH's mission statement is actually really a modern application of this passage. And if you've never read or memorized Community of Hope's uh, mission statement, we're going to put it on the screen right now. And I would ask, could we read it together? we do that? The mission statement of our church? Can we do that? So here we go. One, two, three. We exist to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and grow together into fully devoted followers of him. And so while last month's series rooted, we focused on the second half of this mission statement where it said, to grow fully devoted followers of him, right? Rooting ourselves deeper into Christ. This sermon series, I Am Community of Hope, is actually gonna focus on the first half of this mission statement, where it says we exist to interest disinterested people. And really, the aim of our series, the aim of our series this month is to refocus everyone back to the mission of our church, to plug the leaks, to refocus everyone back on our mission. And when I mean everyone, I really mean everyone. And you see, I think sometimes people often get confused and they think, well, the pastor, what do we pay the pastor for, right? Aren't you doing the mission of the church? That's not actually what the Bible teaches. And Pastor Trevor preached a sermon all about that in the book of Ephesians, where we each have gifts that God has given us, and we're to utilize and to serve in the church. We all serve a purpose. We all serve the mission of the church, each and every one of us, not one of us more important than the other. But naturally, I think that makes some people a little bit anxious, right? I'm on mission for the church. Yes, you are. But in fact, you're not alone because we just read, in fact, that even some of Jesus' disciples that saw him in the flesh, imagine if Jesus was here in the flesh, you'd probably tell yourself, it might be a little hard to doubt him, would it? Even some of his disciples doubted him. They couldn't believe what had just happened, that he had risen from the dead. And they're like, is this, is this for real? Is this for real? Some doubted, it says. But if the call to mission was for them, I'm here to tell you, church, it's for you as well. It's for you as well. And you might say the, the classic question, who? Me? Me? And if I had a New York accent, I'd say, Yeah, you. (laughs) But I'm not going to try to go any further than that because I don't have a New York accent. So the title of my sermon actually today is, Me? You got to read it that way because it has a question mark on it. Me? And with the response, yes. Yes, it's for you. And so as we launch our series, I Am Community of Hope, this morning, we're going to focus mainly this morning on dispelling myths about evangelism interesting the disinterested evangelism we're going to dub it that today Um, and disinterested people or what we would sometimes call unchurched people maybe you're new this morning maybe you're new this morning or you're here you haven't been to church in a long time and you're wondering evangelism is this is this for me today and I would say I'm glad you're here because I've got some words of encouragement for you as well so I'm glad that you're here and I welcome you into this space. And so before we, we dive back into the text, as we read, this is at the end of Jesus' ministry and he's giving a charge to his disciples, a mission statement. And so in this mission statement, I'd like us to see three things that sort of tell us and dispel a couple myths about evangelism that sometimes give us a little bit of anxiety. And so the first thing that we see is that the power of evangelism is Jesus, the power of evangelism is Jesus. So I want you to notice the end of verse 18 where it says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, referring to himself, Jesus. I'd like to share a quick story with you guys. In case you didn't know, I have the the, the, the spiritual gift, I'll call it that, the spiritual gift of selective hearing. Okay. So if if I have I see I see you Ed over there. <laughs> I have the spiritual gift of selective hearing. You can ask my wife about later how frustrated she gets. Uh, I have the uniquely male ability to block out any and all audio <laughs> from my brain <laughs> and just just sort of focus in on on whatever's in my mind, whether it's lunch you know, or, or something else. I just and everything is just just parting ways on my brain, and and so this would especially happen in my days in PBA. Especially happen. Uh, lunch would always be at twelve, but I had an assistant counselor that would always sometimes meet with a director right before then, and she would she would speak with the director and she'd have some important updates for me. And so she'd come and she'd sit down right right there, um, and she'd tell me, uh, "Hey, I've got some stuff to tell you." And I'd say, "Okay, great." I turn my my brain from the computer, I'd look right at her eyes. I say, go, I'm ready for you. So she would start talking. And I'm just thinking about lunch in 10 minutes. (laughs) And she's going like five minutes in. And I'm like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you can you start that over? Because I was I was I'm sorry, I'm just focused on 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 lunch. I'm focused on the wrong thing right now and I'm missing the point. And she just looks at me and she says, Oh my goodness, Jose, I'm gonna be praying for Giselle every day. And she's a prayer warrior, so I know she's not lying. So, but sometimes when I, when I think about evangelism, I feel people getting anxious because they're focused on the wrong thing and they're missing the point. We're focused on the wrong thing and we're missing the point. Evangelism isn't about us, church. Evangelism isn't even just about growing our church. Evangelism is about Jesus, Amen. That's right. Evangelism is about Jesus and the power for evangelism does not rest in us. And that right there, that truth should just, just immediately remove any anxiety that you get about what am I going to say? What am I going to do? What if they ask me a question? The power does not rest on you. And there's, there's this really great uh, passage in Acts 2 verses 46 and 47 where Luke writes and he tells us about how growth in the early church is actually happening. And I'd love to, to read it with you. It's on the screen. Luke writes here in Acts 2, verses 46 and 47. He says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And that is the, the church in Jerusalem. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Take note on that. Potlucks and small groups go together. Let's just make that point. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now notice notice in this passage who is doing the action of adding to the church. The Lord is adding. The Lord is the one who is doing the action. And so often what we fail to acknowledge is that it's the power of God that equips us and enables us to do the work of evangelism, to do the work of ministry. You don't have to be a Bible expert. You don't have to have a seminary degree. You don't. To to share your love for Jesus, you just have to have a relationship with him and he speaks to you. So first we see, and we're we're gonna actually jump back there at the end of our talk to sort of add some tips to that. But first we see the power of evangelism Rests in Jesus. Number two, we see that evangelism is actually a process, not a singular point in time. Evangelism is a process. Read with me one more time. uh, Matthew 28, we're gonna start in 19, and we're gonna read through the second half of 20. And he was saying, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I want to take a moment and just focus on the first phrase of this passage. Therefore, go and make disciples. And as I just read, that's what our modern translations, most of them say. Therefore, they do like a definitive verb, go and make. And most be I think a lot of people have taken this to be a call to international missions. Right, where we would say, go, go, and make disciples. And while certainly we, we certainly admire, want, and need international missionaries, I think that this verse speaks to them, but it speaks to us here who are not international missionaries this morning. And I think that's most of us. In the original Greek, it actually literally translates to, therefore, as you are going, therefore, as you are going, make disciples. The main verb is make disciples as you're going. In other words, as you're going about your workday, as you're going about your travels, as you're going about your friendships, make disciples. Make disciples. See, it really, it could imply physical distance, but it doesn't have to. It has everything to do with your daily life. As you are going, as you are living, you can reach out to those in love and evangelize in, in word and deed to the people around you. But evangelism is not just a process for us. But it's a process for those who aren't convinced about Jesus yet. It really is a process for them as well. And I think all too often we assume that believing in Jesus is like a light switch. Boom. One day to the next, all of a sudden, you just believe in Jesus, and we, we hear these really powerful testimonies, and we just heard one from Curtis himself, but we forget there was a three-minute video where he's telling everything that happened before that moment. Everything that happened before that moment led him to that point, point. and without those things that were there, maybe that point wouldn't have been there. Maybe it would have been a little later but it's a process. It's a process in people's lives. In other words, right, it's not a singular point. But hey, if you're here today and you're curious about this whole Jesus thing, and you're, maybe you're here, you're not convinced yet. I just want to acknowledge that we Christians, sometimes because of this light switch assumption, we can, we can be bad listeners, can't we? It's true, we're not the greatest listeners, and people have been hurt because we don't listen sometimes. But I don't want you to miss this. And this is why I told you this sermon is for you too. I don't want you to miss this because Jesus is a listener, Jesus is a dialoguer. And as you, if you were to open up the scripture and just read and see how Jesus interacts with people, he answered their questions when they came with sincere hearts. And in faith. And so I would challenge you to do the same. And one of the most powerful examples of this is actually found in the late Nabil Qureshi, author of Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. If you've never read this book, it's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal author. Unfortunately, he passed away um, due to stomach cancer in 2017. But he was an amazing man of God who actually converted from Islam due to the very uh, faithful help of a friend called David Wood that never gave up on him. And, and in his book, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, Nabil actually tells the testimony of his friend basically just building a relationship with him for two years, for two whole years. And Nabil hardly asked anything about Christianity. And David, his friend, hardly mentioned anything about Christianity. And it was only after two years that Nabil started to get curious because his friend was so kind, so courteous, so hospitable at every occasion, unlike perhaps some other Christians, Christians that he had met, until he finally started asking the Jesus question. And it didn't take long after that that Nabil gave his life to the Lord and countless others after him through the work of his ministry. Here's what Nabeel himself writes. We've got a quote on the screen. You can read along with me. And it says, uh, Nabeel writes in his book, he says, Unfortunately, I have found that many Christians think of evangelism as foisting Christian beliefs on strangers in chance encounters. The problem with this approach is that the gospel requires a radical life change. And not many people are about to listen to strangers telling them the way to live. On the other hand, if a true friend shares the exact same message with heartfelt sincerity, speaking to specific circumstances and struggles, then the message is heard loud and clear. Notice this, effective evangelism requires relationships. I think that's one of the most powerful phrases in this whole book. Effective evangelism requires relationships. And there are very few exceptions, especially in our church, in this in this highly pluralistic culture. Relationships are so important. Listening is so important. So while this is amazing, this is an amazing story, there's a certain amount of respect that you earn from people when you listen to them, when you show that you care by the way that you interact and hear them out because coming to faith is a process, not a singular point in time. And so first, we see that the power of evangelism rests in Jesus. We see, number two, that evangelism is a process. And number three, we see in the text that Jesus made a promise to be by our side at every step of the way. Let's read it one more time in uh, in verse 20, where Jesus, at the uh, 20A or the, the, the second half of verse 20, he says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Isn't that such a, a beautiful and powerful last sentence to the gospel of Matthew? He is with us to the end of the age. And so church, you need, to, you need to realize that you're not alone when you're doing this. You're not alone when you're living when you're living for Jesus. And one thing that I really find interesting with the book of Matthew in particular, is that this book actually begins and ends with a promise from God. And in the, at the top of the book, in chapter one, Matthew actually cites a promise referring to Jesus in Isaiah, the very famous passage, maybe you know it, where he says, "The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son." and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us." God with us. And now at the end of his book, Jesus is saying, I'm going to be with you from beginning to end. And church, from beginning to end, Jesus is going to be with you. He is. And so as you're trying to live out your faith, as you are going, making disciples in whatever context you find yourself this week, he is with you. He is with you. When your heart is hurting for a loved one that doesn't know the Lord yet, he is with you when you're trying to listen to people and you're struggling with what to say he is with you and so taking all these three points the power the process and the promise that Jesus makes to us we can sum it up i think in one sentence and we say evangelism begins with how you listen and how you speak evangelism begins with how you listen and how You speak. And I want you to notice the emphasis on the how. I want you to notice the emphasis on the how because don't worry about the what yet. Don't worry about the contents of that. Worry about being Christ-like. Worry about the how. Worry about being Christ-like to those around you that don't know Jesus yet. And so in light of of this, I want to give you guys some, some helpful tools or some tips that maybe you can take home today. And that you could use as you live out your faith and as you interact in your in the whatever context you find yourself in this week. And so if you're new to evangelism, the best thing that you can do this week is to listen and learn where people are. Listen and learn where people are. And so there's a famous passage in the Bible, Ecclesiastes 3:11, that says, God has said eternity in our hearts, and really the implication is that God has created a hunger for himself when he created us. But if we're honest, I think, most people most people aren't looking for church anymore in our culture. Most people aren't looking for Christianity. But that's exactly why, church, that's exactly why we want to be a church that makes a difference. We want to be a church that makes Christ attractive. To disinterested people, for people that don't care at all about who Jesus is. We want to be that kind of church. We do. And so, see, some churches teach a one size fits all approach to evangelism. I'm not not going to give you like a, at every step of the way, do this and do this and do this. It's not, that's not really what we think uh, is important to recognize. What we do think is important to recognize is that we have to learn. Where people are, because everybody is at a different place. Everybody's at a different place in the process. So the first step, listen and learn where people are. And so while many people have different ways of defining, right, where are people, I think there's some three really helpful categories that we can sort of use this morning to identify that. And so first of all, I think some people you might speak and listen to and they're clearly negative or disinterested in Christianity, negative or disinterested in Christianity. And so at this moment, I want you to think of somebody right now who is just utterly disinterested in Christianity, just, just totally and completely disinterested. Take a moment to think about that. Now, when you have that person in your mind, what does evangelism look at this stage in the game? What does evangelism look like with that person? What does being Christ look like for that person? And I think that it's important here that we're not overbearing with these people. We're not overbearing. We don't try to grab the Bible and smack it over their head, right? I think that they're looking for a reason not to be interested. And trust me, we don't want to add to their reasons. We'd want to be another reason why they don't come to church or they don't believe in Jesus. Show that you have integrity. Be Jesus around them. Do your job well. Be kind and look for ways to serve that person with no strings attached. Absolutely no strings attached. Jesus never did anything with strings attached. He just healed, he loved, he ministered. So first, there might be some disinterested people. Maybe you're talking to somebody and they're slightly interested. They've got some curiosity. They might be slightly interested in Jesus. And I think that in this stage, people have questions. People have some concerns. Answer them, but be brief. Again, don't overwhelm them maybe with a, with a lot of Bible information that they might not fully comprehend. Because the Bible's in a thousand year old book that sometimes people have a hard time understanding. And so if you don't know the answer to a question, maybe you're. that's what makes you anxious. You're like, Jose, I, I'm scared to do this because sometimes I, I people are gonna ask me a question and I don't know. It is okay. It is okay to be honest and say you don't know and you'll get back to them. But here's the key. Keep asking them what they think. Keep listening to them. And lastly, I think there's some people that are cautiously open. And here, share your faith. Share your story. Nobody can argue with your story. Nobody can argue with it, and you can't get it wrong, because guess what? It's your story, yeah? Share the gospel. Tell them that Jesus has the power to forgive the sins and save them, redeem their past. And so if you're here this morning, and maybe you find yourself somewhere on this spectrum, ask yourself, where am I? Am I disinterested? Am I slightly interested, or am I open? And I would encourage you to keep asking questions, keep asking questions and I would just as we finish, I would challenge everybody and the small groups today here in our in our building let's just make a list and pray this week. Pray for those people in your lives that you long to see come to know Jesus and seriously, pray for them haven't you ever? wondered, sometimes we say, I'm going to pray for you, but then you forget. Has that ever happened to you? That, that happens to me a lot of times. I actually sometimes refrain from using that phrase for that very reason. Seriously, pray. Pray for them with your small group. Pray for them individually. Ask that Jesus will reveal himself to them and to you and give you the knowledge and the wisdom and the discernment in the moment to do the right thing. Church, would you pray with me? Lord, we come before you just grateful for what you've done in our lives. And Lord, all this is, is all evangelism is, is returning the favor to those who don't know you. Lord, telling them of how great you are, how magnificent you are. Lord, the power that you have to forgive sins, restore every little bit of our past, and change the trajectory of our futures to live a life for you with a new purpose. And Lord, we just, uh, just want to lift up Lord, everybody in this building. Whether you're having a hard time reaching out to those people that you love and care for so much or whether you're interested, slightly interested, or cautiously open this morning. God, would you minister to each and every one of us? Would you open our hearts to hear more from you? Lord, we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.